Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Can you believe it? We have reached the end of season one of Living in the Light. I just want to thank you, friend, for listening and for joining me this fall on the podcast. God put this dream on my heart back in the spring, and He has continued to bring guests to the podcast, and I've had the joy of watching God work in powerful ways through people's stories of how Jesus has brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. God is good, and He is on the move in the lives of artists and creatives everywhere. And as we continue to remember his faithfulness, we are filled with a peace that passes all understanding and a hope for all that is to come for those who are in Christ Jesus. Before I share with you my guest for today's episode, I wanted to remind you that I'm having a virtual Christmas party on Tuesday, December 22nd. In the past couple of episodes, I've shared with you my love for Compassion International, how they are providing for children living in extreme poverty, sharing Jesus with them, and bringing them hope in a hopeless time. I want you to come to the Christmas party, so here's how you can join me. Between now and the 22nd, if you sponsor a child through Compassion International, you'll receive an invite to the party, and my friends at Judith and James will send you a handmade scrunchie. This party will be a time of celebrating generosity, in learning how our child sponsorship is changing lives across the globe. So if you feel led to sponsor a child today, all you have to do is text your light all caps to 83393 or visit the link in the show description. We are closing out season one with my friend Mackenzie Warren. Mackenzie is a South Carolina native who has called New York home for 10 years. She's had the honor of performing on Broadway and tour in the revivals of Cats, Pippin, and Anything Goes. She is actively involved with Church of the City, New York. She owns a small graphic design business called Kinsey Script, which took center stage at the start of the pandemic. And she also enjoys teaching and spending time outdoors hiking. Such an honor to have her on the podcast today. So here's my conversation with the lovely Mackenzie. Well, hey, Mackenzie, I am so excited to dive into conversation with you today. We both go to Church of the City in New York City, and I have just admired you from afar for a while. So it's such an exciting day to get to talk to you and to hear more of your story. Yes. So Mackenzie, would you tell the listeners just the 32 bar cut of your journey in the performing arts from your beginnings to now? I know you probably have a million wonderful stories from your journey in the arts, but we'd just love to hear a little bit about how your journey in artistry began. Yes, it's such an honor to be here. And I think um, it's powerful to share your testimony because it always ends up encouraging you as you remember. So yeah, yeah, I grew up in in the South and had been singing and dancing my whole life. I really loved 
all three aspects, singing, dancing, and acting, and I could never choose. Um, Mm. And I always questioned that because I was like, oh, should I have more of a niche? Should I really focus on dance or should I have stuck with ballet? But um, yeah, I always focused on all three. I found out you could major in it. And I was like, that's awesome. So I went to the University of Oklahoma and uh, majored in musical theater, had an incredible experience there. Mm. The people, it was like a family. Um, And then after that, I always had my sights set on New York. Um, Mm -hmm. I spent part of my childhood in New Jersey. So New York was just kind of in my blood, um, regardless of theater. And moved to New York in 2010. And yeah, immediately, you know, was faced with the reality of New York, of how hard it is to live there, Mm -hmm. um, how competitive it is. So really struggled for the first two years. um, But then a huge part of my testimony is breakthrough in 2012. And I, it was like my first big break, um, got the first national tour of anything goes and, um, had an incredible experience with that. Uh, and then after that, shortly after that, I toured with Pippin mm. revival of Pippin, which was a really cool experience. Um, and had the blessing to work at many regional theaters around the country, you know, speckled throughout that time. Um, Community has always played a huge part in my story uh, in New York City because without it, you can just crumble and you'll you'll mainly isolate yourself if you don't. Um, and then I made my Broadway debut in 2017 in Cats in the revival of Cats. Yes. So I wore a tail and love it. Was a put cat that makeup on, on every single day. That makeup on. Yep took 40 minutes it's amazing yeah plus the warm-up yeah it was insane um that was a wild experience yeah and so and then I had the opportunity to perform in two new musicals I had never done a new musical my entire career I've always done revivals or shows that have been done before so in 2019 I got to do two new shows that was really fun to be be part of that creative process um And then when the pandemic hit, I kind of shifted and started a graphic design calligraphy business. So it's been, you know, it's like you got to ride the wave. Yeah. Now, (laughs) did you make the sweatshirt you have on? Yes, that's why. (laughs) Shameless plug. I love it. I'm wearing this sweatshirt. Um, Yeah, this one actually do justice. All the proceeds from this one actually go to my one of my favorite organizations in New York called Restore NYC. Mm. And they... um, they support and in, encourage and help with jobs and housing for women survivors of trafficking. So wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah. If you go, if you go get a sweatshirt, it'll go towards that organization. So for the listeners of the podcast, it's this beautiful black crew neck sweatshirt that says do justice on the pocket. So that's so yes. awesome. I love that you're using your creativity in this time and just finding new avenues. We have to do that right now. Absolutely. Well, Mackenzie, this is the last episode of the podcast in season one, which is so crazy. Um, Congratulations. So wild. And when I asked you what you felt God leading you to talk about um, in this episode, you mentioned Psalm 119, 105, where it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I just thought that was such a powerful word to end on for this season, So I just want to ask, how have you experienced the word of God being the light to your path? Yes. um, Yeah, I think that verse jumped out at me 
because over the years, um, I've really struggled with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it started when I moved to New York. I think it's circumstan it was circumstantial, um, you know, just moving to a huge city. Right. Um, I think it was chemical. I think there's a chemical aspect, but I also think there's a spiritual aspect mm -hmm. to anxiety and depression. And they're twin sisters. So it's usually when you get anxious and overwhelmed, it you shut down and that's what leads to depression. At least that's how it works in me. And so when my emotions start to go haywire, I start to go down rabbit holes. I can have entire conversations and imaginative um, scenarios in my head. I'll go down these rabbit holes and it would lead me to these really dark places mentally um, mm -hmm. about regarding my self-worth, et cetera, et cetera. So God's word has been, I will call it an anchor. Um, mm -hmm also a light but like an anchor because it's something anchoring when your emotions feel really tumultuous and it feels like a storm his word is an anchor it's something you can always go back to and you'll feel grounded and even if you're still swinging in the water you're holding on to that anchor so um i think during some of my darkest seasons i would have god's i would have scripture on the walls like uh psalm 18 where it's like he makes my feet like the feet of a deer he causes me to stand on the heights yeah you know mentally or internally, I was like, I do not feel like I'm standing on the heights, God. I feel like an incredible mess. I'm crying every day, but yeah. this is what your word says. So I'm gonna, I would say it out loud in my kitchen. I have this very vivid memory of proclaiming that scripture out loud over myself. Um, and so, and so the word becomes, it becomes your, um, it's like they're fighting words. These are my fighting words to speak to any despair that tries to come in of a hopelessness about your situation because a situation is never hopeless. I think it it's just time and time again, his word um, has proven to be an anchor in dark times. And it's, it's, it's the truth. It's what you can stand on because your emotions aren't truth, even though they're helpful, um, they're not the truth, so. Yeah, that is so good. I love that you just put it right in front of you, like everywhere you looked and yes. how our feelings, our feelings are not always what is, it doesn't line up um, with the reality of who God says we are and who God is. So that's powerful. So Mackenzie, what does that mean? Practically, I think we like to complicate it when really the word and the light is pretty simple. Um, the word itself sustains us, guides us, provides all wisdom and truth that we need to find the light and to stay in step with him, no matter what's happening in the world around us. So for the listener who isn't really sure how to cling to the word of God, you just gave one example mm -hmm. um, or to trust in him. Would you just lay out what relying on the word has looked like for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, a huge part of my journey and what I've learned through counseling is you have the head and the heart. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of stuff up here, but it's not sinking. It's not dropping down into your heart. Yeah. So you might say, yeah, I know God is good. Yeah, I know. I know this and that, but your experience and your circumstances are saying something different. And so yeah. your heart is saying, but that's not what it feels like. It feels like God isn't good. Yeah. So, you know, and then bitterness and all these different things can come in and then you have all these emotions. And so when I'm reading scripture now, um, having worked through a lot of that kind of stuff, I'll say, 
man, I'm having a really hard time believing this truth that let's say Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have no lack. I'm like, you know, I'll look at that and I'll say, God, in my head, I know this to be true, but in my heart, I feel like I have lack right now. And I feel like, you know, you're, you're not my shepherd, but it says that you are. And so I'm going to believe that you are my shepherd, even if my circumstance might say this. And so yeah. I really reason with it in that way. And I, if I come up against something in my spirit, as I'm reading scripture, like address that, you know, don't just, don't just brush it aside and say, yeah, yeah, I believe that that's, that's all nice and good. Like really wrestle with it. So I think wrestling with it is one way. And then, yeah, the other way is like, I put scripture up everywhere. I put it up on my walls. So if I'm really struggling with a particular area of life or self-worth, I'll put a scripture to combat that on my mirror, on my wall, on my phone background, you know, anything and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. I read this book in college that had this handout at the end of the book. It's called Fierce Faith. And it had this section where you could write in your name in the verse. So it was like, I blank do not have a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. And that really was shifting for me to be able to like put my name in a verse. Like it's not just their words yes. that apply to my own life. Like I Larley do not have a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a, a sound mind. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so powerful. Well, when we were talking before this conversation, you said, you know, it doesn't matter how much you stumble, but that you continue to come back to Christ. How have you experienced the power of the gospel in continuing to run back to Jesus? And why do you think mm. believing that truth is so challenging sometimes? Hmm. Yeah, um, I think a huge example in scripture is the prodigal son returning. Mm -hmm. So he says, Father, I want to have nothing to do with you. He goes off, squanders all his wealth, lives wildly, um, does whatever he wants. And then he's like, he wakes up one day and is like, this is not the life I wanted. And he returns to the father, but he's really apprehensive because he's like, is God, is my father, sorry, is my father going to receive me? Yeah. Um, and then in the, we find out in the story that the father actually runs towards him, right? And so I think that's an important picture to keep in mind that that is how God is with us, no matter how how much we've rebelled against him or said, I want to have nothing to do with you, God. Yeah. Um, if we come back with a sincere and pure heart, like he he will come running back to us. So I think that is a huge thing to remember. Um, and also just from what I've experienced in community, no matter how many times I'm scared to bring something up of a secret sin pattern or something I'm struggling with again, and I bring it up and I'm kind of like embarrassed or scared to bring it up to friends. But when I've confessed it, it completely loses its power. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think hand in hand, like confession as well as, keeping in mind God's character. Yeah. 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 Confession is so powerful and <laughs> underrated. Mm -hmm. I just think that oftentimes in, in Christian community, it's easy to just like glaze over it and to come in and just like put your best foot forward and then just like leave the building and still feel like, well, why do I, why didn't I, that's my safe space. You know, like mm -hmm. I have all this stuff that I want to work through. Um, so I'm thankful too, for yes. those spaces where you can just honestly say, you know, like, this is why I need the gospel, you know? Yes. And that's been the theme of this season of, you know, if we miss our, the messy parts of our story, the things that we struggle with, um, then God's light doesn't shine as bright because that's mm. where he's come in and saved us. That's where he's yes. taken us from the dark and into his, 
glorious and powerful light. So exactly. use that at confession. Yeah. Are you a woman with a deep desire to rise up into your God-given calling? Do you have a hunger for studying God's word? Do you want to grow in your faith, but you're not sure where to find friends to grow alongside? Well, I have a Bible study community of girls who want the same things, and we want you to join us in the new year. There are some exciting additions to our Bible study community coming in 2021, and you do not want to miss out on what God is doing through this beautiful virtual community. All women are welcome. If you want more information about joining us, you can sign up for the Bible study community email list in the show description. Now back to my conversation with Mackenzie. Well, artistry can come with seasons of real obscurity, hard unknowns and deserts where we aren't even sure when the next job will be. How has Jesus himself and the word of God sustained you and brought you light in a time that could have been very dark? Yeah. Ooh, so many seasons. Mm. (laughs) I know that's a very Christian word to use, but it's just the reality as we see in nature. Um, Seasons change every year. So, man, I think it's so powerful. I have many God stories of where things looked absolutely bleak. Um, and then he showed up in the 11th hour, I like to say, mm. or, you know, even after you think it's game over, he shows up after that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's never game over with God. And so whether that's, um, let's just say in provision, financial provision, I've had God just do miraculous things in my life where, you know, would have a hundred dollars in my bank account or, you know, really needed the specific thing, this or that. And he has come in and shown up. Um, mm. And so... I'm trying to think of one specific example because I've honestly, I just, he's blessed me with a lot of stories, but um, I think one of them was, yeah, I mentioned earlier just in career stuff um, in 2012, I, Mm -hmm. it had been two years of auditioning and just rejection after rejection and taking that really hard. um, And that, you know, put me into a huge spiral because I wasn't secure in my worth in God. So all my security was in musical theater and I wasn't getting any affirmation from that. And so I just crumbled under the weight of that. Um, And, but after the two years, um, I really came to a surrender moment. And I was like, you know, Lord, if you have a different path for me, that's not performing. You know, I was, it was like the first time I was like kind of open to it. Um, But then after that really specific surrender moment, um, it was at a beach trip. Um, and yeah, in 2012, the next three weeks I auditioned for three different, you know, high profile projects and was offered all three within 10 days after two years of no, after no, after no. And what that showed me was, yeah, I don't know, just tied to that surrender moment of, um, bringing something to the altar of God and saying, God, I want this with all my heart, but I give it back to you because it's yours to begin with. And so, you know, I look back at that moment as, you know, even if it seems like a dream is dead or you're completely surrendering it to God and you're not sure if he's going to grant you that thing you desire. um, I don't know. I just, I always look back at that moment and I just cling to that as like a, recognizing God's character, like he is good and he wants to give us those desires, um, even though they're Mm -hmm. not promised. Um, so yeah, that's so good. 
And you think like all the no's you got in that period of time, you just think about the yes that did come and how that was the best yes. That was the one Amen. he knew was going to swing open for you. And Amen. how can you think all those things that were like the best thing you wanted? That was, yes, the, exactly. that was the greatest role. That was the opportunity of a lifetime. And then he like exceeds your expectations and yes. what that opportunity looks like. So he is, he is so good, but I love that you said the 11th hour because <laughs> it just makes me think of Lazarus um, uh. and just how, how often there's this theme that I've been meditating on of like, there's so many things feel dead before they're resurrected. Like, that's just the gospel, but thinking about this best friend of Jesus who died, you know, and they're all like, why did you let him die? And he's like, just wait, like, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. And he weeps with them. And then he brings them back to life, like in the next hour, you know, it wasn't even in that time. It was after he was already dead. Yeah. It's after he was, yeah. Well, he was dead for four days. It's like, right. he was really dead. <laughs> he was like, not just past, a little dead, a yeah, lot past dead. like complete burial. Like all the ceremonial things have happened. This, this guy gets resurrected. So it just brings me hope that God yes. resurrects things. And I mean, Absolutely. oftentimes in those, in the time that feels like death, where you're like, is there even a way it's when, he's able to come in and do what is impossible. And look, like you're, you stand here giving God glory because you praise him that it was by no other means besides him that it happened. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about my story, even though um, that's not to trivialize the pain and the tears that were shed, you know, Um, or anybody who's listening, who's in a really honestly just crappy season, like the pain, pain can make you, just want to give up whether that's on life or on church or on a career that you're trying to pursue. Like, and if, if things aren't happening for you or things are delayed for you, that pain can be so intense um, that you don't think you'll make it through, but I'm here to tell you (laughs) there's joy in the morning. That's what scripture says. So, yeah. Well, in season one, we've talked about some really hard things in people's stories. I didn't create the podcast with a desire to dive into such deep places, but God has shown (laughs) me that it's in those hard places where he's come into our lives and truly rescued us and he's healing us and he has set us free to live in the light. So the truth is our testimonies and our stories, the good, bad, and the ugly are it you know and when we leave out our mess we can quickly miss the gospel so Mackenzie is there a part of your story that you wish Mm. you could just erase but Mm. instead has become a stone of remembrance of God's faithfulness in your life I think lots of things (laughs) I think my pride would really like to cut out any of the financial lack that I've had because for whatever reason I find it like embarrassed my pride finds it embarrassing yeah um but honestly, each of those times, it allows God to be the star of the story instead of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge temptation for actors and actresses. Like, get serious. Like, we want to be the star sometimes. And, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, if we're honest with ourselves and I want to be the star of my story, but it's like, no, actually, like, deep down, I want God to be the star of my story. So that means, that means I'm going to have lack. I'm going to not be perfect. I'm going to have need. And I think when we are needy and we recognize our neediness, God shines so much brighter. Mm. So I don't know if I have one specific one, but honestly, anytime I have a God story, it comes with 
the fact that Mackenzie is needy and I don't like to be needy. So especially yeah. as a New Yorker, we're like so self-sufficient. So yeah. Yeah. Well, Mackenzie, how have you experienced the light of Jesus deliver you from what you thought would always hold you in chains? I know you talked about mm. like the anxiety and the depression was, ha- has there been a time where you were like, there's just no mm. way out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Depression is so debilitating and I just, empathize with anybody who struggles with it it's awful it feels like a dark tunnel and you're like there's no light at the end of the tunnel um and it feel it can feel like a dark cloud I don't know different people will describe it differently but it's like for me during that season it was like I was going to a funeral every day and sobbing like heaving like and my body was tired because when you weep (laughs) that's exhausting on your rib cage on your muscles so Yes, I was like, there's no light at the end of this tunnel. I'm just, this is just the story God has for me. I'm just supposed to be sad forever. Um, But that is not true. And Mm. I think um, a huge turning point for me at some point during counseling, um, you know, I've been on medication for nine years. I'm not ashamed to say that. I think that's one of God's graces to us. And it helped me, you know, turn a corner um, and also counseling. And I think the main thing that lifted the weight of depression off of me was it was when I stopped being sad about being sad because I think as a Christian we have an extra layer of oh I'm a Christian I should be joyful and so I shouldn't feel sad and so there was a shame so once that layer of shame was gone and I just let myself be sad about a situation and properly grieve it was then that the depression like started to leave me um, quite honestly yeah it wasn't debilitating any longer i could cry about something and then leave it and feel lighter afterwards instead of crying on top of crying on top of crying Mm, Um, if that makes sense yeah yeah so yeah 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 emotions are tricky (laughs) they're tricky (laughs) they're tricky but i i just think about like the psalms i often go back to the psalms and i just feel like feelings of despair and I love that they're not, I mean, there's a whole book called Lamentations that the Bible is not shy to just like lay the feelings out on the table, but it always ends with like, to God be the glory because they're Mm -hmm. taking it to God, you know? Um, I think I have to check myself of like, am I taking all these feelings to like my mentor or my friend or my mom or, you know, and Mm. they ultimately can't carry it, you know? Yeah, that's good. Like when we bring it to his feet, he wants to carry it. Um, that's good and wants to yeah I think I I think I had a perception of God for a long time that he was ashamed of or didn't want to see my dark emotions Mm. um, or he didn't want to see my anger towards him or he didn't want to see my disappointment with him but it's like no he's God he can handle it and so I think that was a huge layer for me church has taught me a lot about lamentation in the past year just how yes how honestly they've they've talked about it you know and encouraged Pastor us Susie to, has given to some lament. great sermons yeah. yes yeah it's been awesome exactly Ooh. Uh, yeah well speaking yeah. of speaking of our church you you talked about how community has been such a, like a core part of your story um and you've been mm. in new york city for a long time now i was yes. like there for like seven months so i don't even feel ah! like, that's, like justly 
contribute to the conversation about life in New York City because I was barely, barely there. But um, yeah, how has community like <laughs> defined your time in New York City? And like, I don't know, how do you see God on the move there? Because I think for people yeah. who maybe are in college um, studying musical theater or they're from, I mean, I was from deep in the South. So yeah, same moving to New York city was like a whole different thing. I didn't even know what to think. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm from South Carolina, so I completely get it. Uh, I've I just celebrated 10 years in New York. Yes, girl decade. I cannot believe it. Um, Amazing. But I will tell to all the listeners who are in the deep South or, you know, rural suburban America, who might be timid to move to a city. I Let me tell you, my faith got, started to skyrocket when I moved to, to New yeah. York City more yeah. than being in the South, to be quite frank. Um, yeah. And I think the nature of a city, New York is an intense example, but I think any city, it's a little more fast-paced. Um, it's going to rub you. It's going to rub you harder. And you're going to be pushed to that place of neediness quicker. And I think that's a good thing because I think it's a little bit scarier when everything's fine and comfortable and, you know, maybe a little bit slower paced. I think it's, yeah, I don't want this to come across the wrong way at all um, or to negate people who follow Jesus in the suburbs. But um, so I want to say this carefully, but I think you'll be faced with your neediness more often in a city setting like New York and that pushes you to Jesus more. So to me, it's like, it, it, I'll say it this way. The lows are lower, but the highs are higher mm, in a place like New that's York. Okay. So you're going to go to some really low, dark places. Cause for me, I need trees. It's a concrete jungle. There are not many trees in New York. And so I like, don't think as clearly in New York. It's like, I get into a mental fog sometimes, but the lows can be really low, but then when you have breakthrough and when God's truth really pierces your heart and you're like, wow, I literally believe you, God, when you say this thing in scripture, okay, yay, the high will be so high. Um, yeah. So I did not say that very articulately. I hope that no, makes sense. Good. I yeah. hope it encourages somebody if you're thinking about moving to the city, like don't let it intimidate you because it can only lead to great intimacy with God. So the church is 100%. on the move in in big cities. I've just been like yes. following what's happening like up in Portland and then um also with you know all of the the church plants in New York City. It's New it York. is it's happening. Yeah. God's Absolutely. on the move. Absolutely. Yeah, and I uh, so, you know, I have some very strong friendships that carried with me from Oklahoma to New York. Um yeah. so I was very blessed in that way, but Yeah. Yeah, once you jump dive into community and you get deep, you get deep fast <laughs> in yeah. New York. And um yeah, it's it's community's really rich. So Yeah. Yeah, um you mentioned having some friends that you took from college um to New York City. It's I think something that's challenging about New York is that people move so so quickly and they may leave and go on a tour and um mm. it takes I think you have to have just like a bravery to to just show up by yourself or to go to that church service or to, I don't know, just put yourself into community, even if you don't know anybody. Um, yes. Because I faced several times where I was like, okay, I don't have anybody to go to this with, but like, I'm going to go because the body of Christ is there and yes. you can connect, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Just taking that first step and you really do just show up, you know, even if you are scared, it's like, 
feel the feelings, but do it anyways, you know? Yeah. I'm so blessed by our community. It's, they've carried me through some of the darkest times and I'm not just talking about church of the city. I'm talking about the church as a whole, like over yeah. my 10 years in New York. Yeah. Um, God has yeah. always provided a way for me to feel connected for me to share my financial burdens or emotional burdens with others. And they've um, pointed me to the gospel and they've met my needs in really tangible ways over the years. So it's just, I mean, there's so much I could say. We could do a whole podcast about season community. talking about community. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, Mackenzie, for the listener who is 18 years old in the performing arts, loves Jesus with all their heart, feels called to the industry in New York City and isn't sure what they're signing up for, we just gave them a word of encouragement. But do you just have like one last piece of advice you would give them? Hmm. The biggest thing is have your identity rooted, not in your artistry, but in the fact that you're a child of God. I think that your identity is like the number one thing because when that is secure and on a solid rock, which is Christ, everything else follows you as a, you as a performer, you as a friend, you as a sister, you as a, um, you know, whatever profession you want to go into, everything else follows. So that's my main thing. (laughs) Mm, That's good. I mean, it's truth. Well, at the end of every episode, I ask two fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. So if you could only see one performance of one Broadway musical ever again, what show would it be? And who would be starring in the lead role? Okay. I think I'm going to have to go with just one of like my favorite theater theatrical experiences ever. Cause I would just love to see it again. And I'm so sad it closed, but it was in the Heights. Mm. Um, and I got to see Lin-Manuel in it, but I would just love to see it again. Cause it was just magical. The story was heartfelt. The music was fun you know, it's funny. It had everything you could want in a musical plus the, you know, super amazing, you know, choreography. I think they won tons of awards, but I was really sad when that one closed. Cause I just mm. think it's like, honestly, one of my favorite musicals. That's a good one. That's a really <laughs> yeah. good one. I know it's unique, but I just am obsessed yeah. with it and the music. A lot of people are. It's a, it's a really <laughs> good show. So good. And then what is a product you've been loving that we should all add to our Christmas list? Okay. So I'm not wearing the earrings right now, but I love um, the soup. I'm like an earrings person because for those who are listening, I have a pixie cut, so I don't have hair. So I like to wear dangle earrings, but I yeah. love this brand called the Xena brand. That's Z-E-N-A. Okay. Um, I'll and link they, that. Yeah. And um, I met two, the two girls who started it in my community group last year, actually. And oh my they- gosh. Um, it's an organization based out of Uganda and they promote um, female entrepreneurship. So the women who make the earrings then are making a, a living wage so that then they can go and start their own businesses. Um, so I just love the business model and the earrings are super fun. So mm. please go check them out. I love that. Yeah. Shop small businesses, yes. especially this week, because we're doing a lot of Christmas shopping right now. Yes, exactly. Well, Mackenzie, thanks for coming on the podcast. It was such an honor to close out season one with you. Such an honor to be here and chat with you. And thanks for making the space for us to share. Mackenzie had so many good things to say today. I am encouraged by how she has continued to run back to the light and how she clings to scripture, to the word of God itself as the source of all truth and life. 
There will be seasons where things seem to be swirling around us, but as we fix our eyes on Jesus, He simplifies life and He loves us and comforts us as He reminds us of who He is, of His faithfulness, and of His goodness. At the end of every episode, I bring to light some truth from the Word of God. It's how we know and love God, and it's how He comforts us, encourages us, and directs us in His way. It is our lifeline, and it can give us more than any human wisdom or advice, but we so easily forget to run to the Word. So because I also need as many reminders as I can get, I've chosen to spend some time at the end of each episode in season one, opening the Bible and talking through a passage of scripture with you. As the psalmist says in Psalm 119, the law of your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold, for I have put my hope in your word. Mackenzie and I today talked about the passage of scripture found in Psalm 119, verse 105. So for one last time in season one, if you have a Bible nearby or the Bible app on your phone, I would love for you to open it up with me as we read this verse. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I can't think of a better passage of scripture to close out season one. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter of scripture in the Bible, as well as the longest psalm. And through these 176 verses, the psalmist talks in depth about his love for the word, the fruit of living a life of obedience to the word. And with all vulnerability, he cries out to God with a heart of repentance and an honest desire to bind his whole life to the word. It is remarkable that God's word is mentioned in almost every single verse in this chapter, the theme of it being the glory of scripture and its connection to God himself. The author of this psalm goes into detail describing the life transformation that he has experienced through God's word. These are some of the words he uses in this chapter. The word is to him sweet and preserving. It provides him truth, comfort, strength, eternal hope, freedom, joy, love, awe, delight, understanding, compassion, and a rejoicing and trembling heart and holy fear of God. His promises and his words lead the psalmist to begging God for the Lord's defense, for discernment, for direction, for redemption, for safety, for the Lord's remembrance, for repentance on behalf of all the disobedience and the evil swirling around him, and begging God for the shining light of the Lord on his life. These are all descriptions found in the chapter Psalm 119. And in verse 105, he describes the word as a lamp to his feet and a light to his path. What beautiful yet simple words If I think about taking steps in a pitch black, dark room without light, it feels directionless. I'd probably be a little scared, might start aimlessly moving around looking for some kind of something familiar to grab onto, might even look for a light switch. But if I have even just a small light, a little lamp, or let's say my iPhone flashlight, the darkness isn't darkness anymore. That light carries and resonates in every direction, and most importantly, With the light, I'm able to take the next step. And as followers of Christ, we have a personal relationship with the light, with Jesus Christ himself. And we have the word of God alive and active in us. 
in a year where we are constantly finding ourselves desperate for answers, for certainty, and a sense of direction, we have God's word to be the eternal, the never changing and consistent lamp to our feet and true light to our path. This means that any temptation to spiral out in anxiety or to fall into a pit of despair, any strategy that the enemy is using to keep you feeling stuck in fear of the future or bound up by something in your past, this darkness has no power over you. And it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. He nailed that thing to the cross. In Psalm 119, the psalmist also says about God's word, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. My comfort in suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. He also goes as far as to say, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. We can trust that God is working all things together for our good. Even now, even when it may feel dark, The reality is still that the light shines in the darkness and that the darkness has not overcome it. We have this light to cling to and the pressure of our circumstances can propel us into deeper dependence on him. We have to bind ourselves to Jesus and his word. It is the light to our path. And as we seek God and love him more and experience the power of the word of God, we have everything we need. Psalm 119, 89 through 91 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day for all things serve you. Run to the word, friend. You will seek him and find him when you seek him with all your heart. I want to close this season praying through Romans 8, 31 through 39. Father, thank you for your word. Bring these words to life in our heart today and sink them deep into our soul. Thank you for all you have taught us through your word and through the testimonies of your goodness in this podcast in season one. We love you and we give you all the glory and praise. Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all the day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, 
neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, I can't thank you enough for listening and for joining me in season one of Living in the Light with Laura Lee. You can follow me on Instagram at Laura Lee Turner for photos and words about my life, as well as updates on season two of the podcast. I also will be sending news about Living in the Light to my podcast newsletter subscribers. So if you haven't already signed up for my weekly newsletter, you can find a link to join the list in the show description. Enjoy the Christmas season, friend. Be safe, stay healthy, celebrate the birth of Jesus. I will really miss spending time with you each week this month, but I'm pumped to be back with you in the new year. What did you love about season one? Do you have a favorite episode, something you learned, something you enjoyed, or something that just has stuck with you from listening? I would love to hear from you. Feel free to email me at podcast at lovelaralee.com. Any kind of words from you are always welcome. It's such an honor to have your ears and more than anything, some of your time each week. Thank you to every guest artist and creative soul who joined us on the podcast in season one. I'm just full of joy that you wanted to be a part of this God dream of mine and bring your story into the light for the glory and praise of Jesus, our Savior. For the last time in season one, go in light and love, friend, and I'll see you next year.